Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, the number one fuckboy, Johnny G. Standing six foot two, three hundred and four pounds, post bachelor party bloat in full effect. Uh, from the south shore of Nassau County, Long Island, he's John Gabris. All you gotta do is trust me. Jackson, Maine, abortion is healthcare. Yes, slightly more updated than just you as a reference. Also joining me in the Hide My Studios, Mary Silent Coast, Arthur Gabris. Arthur, give him a shout out. Arthur, not currently in the office because he's dealing with some old man incontinence and he's been making my couch smell like piss. Also joining me in the High Mighty Studios, first time guest from Lady to Lady Comedy, the podcast is Tess Barker. Hello, thank you for having me. Welcome to High and Mighty. Thank you for coming on. This is a true delight. Um, I have now completed my trifecta of having all three ladies to ladies on, which is thrilling for me as a fan. That's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, we've got to send you some kind of a trophy or something. Oh, I feel like trophies, they, did they quit trophies? When's the I, last time you saw a trophy? I haven't seen a trophy in a hot minute, but I, I'm going to have to cop to not being so deep into athletics anymore either. As like, mm. I, I'm sure there, I'm sure like adult league sports has trophies. They must, I guess I just aged out of normal trophies. Like now you have right. to be really going. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I, I think we're less likely to run into a trophy unless you're like in a Zog sports, uh, dodgeball, uh, league or you play adult softball or try i have a couple of medals from running uh half marathons you know just but and those are true participation awards like, Same. i, I disagree that it's a participate well i guess you're right it is a participation award on paper it's but a participation yeah is the victory of these big races like for at least uh, my aim going into that was just to do one Right. I mean, when the barrier of participation is like going to the very limits of your physical body, mind and soul, I I, I think that it's it's more than a participation trophy. Yes, exactly. Like, yeah, for me, it's not like I showed up and stood in right field and with my mid on the ground and played with butterflies like I did for Hunkford and Clark Funeral Home in the 90s. Uh, <laughs> but this time I I ran or walked for 13 and a 13.1 miles. I deserve a fucking medal. Million percent. I I love that you run half marathons. How many have you run? I've only done two, and I don't know if I'll ever do them again. The second one gave me so much anxiety in the lead up that I might I mm. I might not ever be able to do. Like I remember the day or two before being like, "Fuck, I am undertrained. This is brutal." This was I was running the Napa to Sonoma, and I was like, "I'm gonna fucking I hate myself. Why did I sign up for this? Can I back out? I can't back out. I'm here with a friend." And after going through all that, I'm like. Maybe this isn't for me, like uh, self-selecting that much anxiety in my life. I didn't know you were a runner. Wait, Are did you? you? What? Yeah, what? I did the nap out of the Sonoma Full Whoa. last year. Congrats. Were you I there know, last I, year? I did the Thank half, you. like, no, it was pre-pandemic, uh, I think. But that was awesome. You did. That was a beautiful run. That was awesome. 
life-changing. I mean, gorgeous. And like, this is what's sick about runners is like, it was truly one of the torturous, most difficult things I've ever done in my life. And I'm like, that was so fun. Well, I'm like, f- I the full is crazy. <laughs> the full yeah. is scares the shit. Out. I, when I first signed up for a half marathon, I, my first half was the Vegas half, which was the main reason I did it is because I had heard you get to run on the strip. So I was like, okay, I'll train to do a half marathon and run the strip and then gamble in Vegas. That'll be fun. Yeah. I did it. I really enjoyed myself. I was definitely undertrained for it, but you can, if you're not like, if you're a relatively uh, healthier in shape, you can survive 13 miles. It sucks. And I hurt exactly. for like days after, but you don't, you won't die. And I, exactly. <laughs> that's pretty much my, what my timesheet said was like, John Gabers didn't <laughs> die. And I was like, yay, <laughs> I didn't die. And after, as I was training for that and I was doing my like eight mile run, my nine mile run on Saturday, I'm like, could I do a full marathon? And then when I realized you would have like five weeks of running longer than a half marathon on the weekends, that seemed like, oh, I don't know if this is, for- I'm also over 300 pounds. I'm not a small person. And I was like, this is, it was taking me like three and a half hours every Saturday to like tra- get, get myself up and going for these runs and shit like that. It, w- it got pretty oh, yeah. time consuming and difficult. It takes over your whole life. And that's really the thing that's like prohibitive about it um, because it's not only like that day, right? It totally fucks that day up because right. like you have the run and then you're just shit out of luck for the rest of the watch. But I kind of like that feel. You're kind of just smoking weed and watching reality TV for like the rest of the day. You've, But I love those earned moments. Like I played sport, like I played rugby and then after rugby you get fucking wasted and then you're like, well, Sunday I'm at a commission. I played rugby and drank all day yesterday. And it's like, and you earned it. You deserved it. You put your, you risk, you know, you push, put the energy and effort out there. So there's something that is fun about that. The refeed, like the, the earned big meal after like a big event, there's something magical about that. A million percent. I mean, I think that there's almost no better feeling in the world to me than earned exhaustion. Like I, that is, and I think that is what is so addictive is and like that's sort of like what I want to talk about like I I today is I think I love the idea of like pressing yourself to the place where like you truly can live in this stasis where you can do truly whatever you want and never feel guilty about it yeah I oh I like that (laughs) phrase for sure uh yeah and we've accidentally just by randomly talking about running have backed ourselves (laughs) into the topic at hand which when you pitched it was hedonism and i'm thinking yeah. you mean the resorts <laughs> no, no, i'm just kidding yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, actually my husband and i are huge fans yeah. Yeah. <laughs> imagine being in 2023 at like a young hipster in la and being like i love the hedonism resorts we go <laughs> we're the youngest coolest people there and, and we have a blast it's like okay i have made a lot of great business contacts there the hedonism half marathon is a delight Million percent. And on that tip, actually, my husband and I recently went to a James Taylor concert and you get that feeling like if you want to feel young, either put on a backpack or go to a James Taylor concert. You will be that works young. That works. It's rare that I feel young in situations anymore. But every once in a while, I'll get invited to do like a peers comedy show. And I know them from coming up in the business. And they're like 10 years older than me. And all of their friends are at the show. Like I'll sit in with like an improv show. And I'm like, I'm the youngest guy on this team for the first time in my life. And it'll feel like, it'll feel like, how's everyone doing? Huh? Yeah, I'm running these days. Like there's something powerful. And I've always managed to do stupid shit like that. Like, for example, when I played rugby, I was the funniest person on my rugby team. And at the time, I was like one of the strongest, most athletic people at UCB. And it was because of like just the activities I chose. I wasn't the funniest guy at UCB. And I was certainly on the bottom rung of athleticism on the rugby team. <laughs> but depending on what world I put myself in, all of a sudden I'm like, all right, I can dominate here at Harold Knight, like physically. That's the thing. You can <laughs> choose the size of your pond. What's going to yeah. make you enjoy the swim, you know? Hell yeah. I like that. <laughs> Speaking of swim, my next big feat is a triathlon. Uh, I am an ex-swimmer. I've been thinking about that too. Are you, have you like registered for one? No, I haven't. But there's the Malibu Sprint Tri, which feels mm. like you don't have to travel for it. You get to be in a beautiful area, uh, just not too crazy far from our house. I just like, I, 
I don't have space to even have a bike in my house. Like no less like really get into train or the time to train for a triathlon even is like a little overwhelming, but that's the kind of shit that I like for exercise is like having, excuse me, some sort of goal oriented training. I feel the same way, and I've run the Malibu half twice legally, and once I just I uh, hitched it. I love the Malibu <laughs> half marathon. I yeah, I hitchhiked into. That's how sick I am in the head. I like crashed a half marathon, but um, I the, I like, think oh, it's so- I got to run thirteen miles today. My, I hear there's a, a thousand people doing it over here. I might as well check it out and, and join up. That's awesome. That's literally what I did. I was yeah, I was training for a full, and I'm like, it'll be more fun to just run the Malibu half than to do this by myself at Griffith, you know. But, um, but I, that would be awesome. And, and this goes back to sort of like, I love running a race in Malibu because it gives you an excuse to get an Airbnb in Malibu. You can have a staycation at home. Okay. You get a place that has a hot tub so that after this race, you just sit in the hot tub with a blunt recovering. Oh, uh, blunt in the hot tub test. How are we not training together or at least recovering together? This is a, <laughs> exactly. extremely in my wheelhouse. <laughs> I, I just keep Gabriel. showing up to all your recovery. I've never done the runs with you. You're like, Gabriel's is sort of my recovery coach. He's just always got a, a blunt in a hot tub. And it's like, well, yeah, foam roll or something, Tess. Let's go. <laughs> Get in the tub. <laughs> yeah. If I ever become like magically like a world-class athlete, you can be like the P. Diddy at my Olympics. I'm the only Hell. Olympian that has a blunt a blunt person. Oh, I would love nothing more than to be that. Um, <laughs> wait, so this is fun. like how how are we going to tie uh, being this runner running and all these running events into our topic at hand, which is like uh, yes, okay, treat treating ourselves more or less <laughs> treating yourselves. I guess I just wanted to talk about this because I feel like well, first of all, I feel like in my mid. 20s. I feel like I was around then in my life. I quit quitting things. I just fa- I realized like how unproductive and like what a weird rat spiral I got into every time I tried to like tell myself I couldn't do something. It it never worked. Like uh, just- with withholding something from yourself, like quitting smoking or drinking, or I'm not gonna Uber at. at- anymore or i'm not gonna order food on uh, weeknights or like any one of these restrictions that we place on ourselves because it feels like if i could jump in here on, on uh we have to restrict ourselves or we feel like we have to restrict ourselves so much and exactly really there's like another way to rewire that and look at it and be like we're allowed to have so much stuff uh, a thousand you know. percent. Yeah. And like, I don't know, I was raised Catholic and like, I don't know, I was a teenage girl in the late 90s. So there was like a lot of food deprivation. It was very common for girls my age to be like popping trim spas and like bragging about how much we weren't eating. Like, I don't know. I feel like in my early life, that sort of dogma sort of like making it sexy to deprive yourself of yeah. things or trying to put some value in deprivation was no really sugar, pervasive. No carbs, no uh, alcohol, no this, no that. Uh, and th- there's also this dep- this pr- weird pride in deprivation. I think, you know, not to get all on my anti-capitalist thing here, but like <laughs> people who are like, I haven't slept in days because of work. I have not been. I've been at the office nonstop. I've eaten three meals at the office. I'm doing like, and that's like, we we say that positively. Exactly. And like in our society now, it's like, bro, I've been working around the clock for eight days unpaid to get this done. And, And we're supposed to go like, cool. Not that's absolutely mistreating you <laughs> like <laughs> yeah and and how sad i mean the only way that sounds fun to me at all is if you have smartly found a job but you get off on so much that you were in this awesome creative fugue state where your work was so fun that you wanted to work at that sort of frenzied pace for that amount of time i'm like all for that if that right but- i've had to i've had to work super late on a deadline for something I wanted to do in my life. I had to stay up late memorizing my lines for a dumb sketch show with my writing partner. I've had to do these things. And I've also had to work five 18 hour days in a row as a PA. One of them is a little more rewarding than the other. <laughs> like, exactly. and it's like someone's making me do the other one, but we still have this, like we still build this pride into like, I, I haven't let myself sleep in in eight years. And it's like, well, do you want to sleep in? I would love to. 
Okay, well then I'm upset. I would I haven't let myself sleep in for eight years, and I love getting up early, and I can get so much more stuff done in life. Well then, good for you, bro. Like, congrats. <laughs> like, right. that's all. It's about rewording it so that it's an active choice to be positive to do the thing you want. What was the original phrase you said that sounded almost too freeing? It was something um, like free to do whatever you want more or less like. oh yeah i mean finding i think it's pushing yourself to these places sometimes of like earned exhaustion which i think creates a stasis in your life where you're free to do whatever the fuck you want without yeah. guilt without guilt because that's to me because when you're saying these people that like oh you you want to sleep in and you're not your body and your subconscious and your brain and your soul are telling you to sleep in by not doing that, you're upsetting like your natural balance, which I think makes you less and less able to listen to yourself and and to appreciate your life and live in sort of a mindful way where you're able to like soak up all the flavors of everything around you. Yeah, that makes that makes so sense. Also, are we even now cheating a little bit with ourselves by like this earned exhaustion thing? Because that's like if you you should be able to smoke a blunt in a hot tub without <laughs> running a marathon as well. You should definitely. Yes. You but should. There is but there's like a guilt that comes intrinsically with that because we have a list of things that we want to do or would rather do or re we have priorities. But post race, it's almost as if you could do whatever you you like. I I kind of we're stumbling upon something here, Tess. That I'm like a real big carrot person, not the vegetable itself, but the idea of like self rewarding. And yeah, I, yeah. I, and I and I may have done it to myself. I may have like fucked myself up psychologically because it does reek of like someone who had strict parents where it's like, well, if you get good grades, then you're allowed to do this thing that every other kid in your grade is allowed to do. If right. you uh, if you uh, do all this shit around the house, then you're allowed to have a normal Saturday like other 12 year olds. But you, so I had all this like stuff I had to do to like earn a, an, an, like fun. And now I like apply that to myself. And I think it works for me in that I'm like, uh, don't smoke this joint until after you get back from the gym. It's like, okay, mm. just get these five pages done. Then you could play two hours of God of War. You know, like I have to do all this carrot stuff with myself because stick stuff, anything like negative reinforcement doesn't work on me because I'm a rebel and a bad kid at heart, like a, a bad misbehaving child. And if someone's like, you can't do this, all I can think about is wanting to do it. So, exactly. I have like this inner teenager in my head that's like, you're not the boss of me. It's like, well, I'm talking to myself. Right. <laughs> it sucks if I'm not the boss of me. <laughs> I would love to be the boss of me. I would love to have full control over my own thoughts, but apparently I can't. And I've yeah. done I've done some deep inner child work. They 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 are there. <laughs> they are a million percent. And, but it's just like, I mean, I guess yeah, I don't know that I'm even like that motivated by rewards. Like I I think I have to be as extreme as I am with working out and stuff like that because I also am so extreme in the other direction. Like I, this is a little controversial, but like to me, I decided like weed and caffeine, really, let's be honest, you can do as much of those with, as you want with little consequence. Uh, agreed. If you're getting <laughs> if you're getting what you need to get done, like parenting wise, lifestyle wise, partner wise, roommate wise, resident, if you're getting uh, employee, if you're getting that done, then no one should be uh, no one should have a thing to say about that. Yeah, I, and, I, I'm and, with you. Yeah. And, and like, I feel like for a long time, because I like I love weed so much and I'm so often high and I would kind of be like beautiful. <laughs> Literally drinking a cold brew and <laughs> right before we jumped on. They go so well together. And again, this is it's it's like the cheese with the honey. They go so nice together. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Give me Brie and honey ASAP. Oh, Thank fuck you. yeah. Thank you. And, <laughs> and and it's like, you know, I used to kind of be like, oh, I smoke too much pot. And then I was like, well, you know what? I actually like love being high. I fucking am so happy when I'm high. I love getting high and going to an art museum. I love getting high and going to a bookshop. I have like memories of being high in certain places that make me really happy and that I don't regret it all. Same. Wait, and and here's here oh God. I'm I'm so with you on this. And I I have been smoking almost every day. Like it's slowly ramped up to just to every day now. But since I was like 25, I started late in life and but it's I stuck I found a hobby and I stuck with it. Uh -huh. I, I ain't I quit quitting baby. Uh <laughs> but I've struggled a lot with like, do I do this too much? And then like something will come into play, like something that makes sense for me. I'm like, well, currently you don't want to spend too much money. So maybe 
you can learn how to be a little more efficient, financially efficient with your cannabis. It's like, well, right now you're definitely foregoing social things for cannabis at home. Okay. Ease up the brakes a little bit, but otherwise I, I, otherwise I'd be like, I, am I smoking too much pot? And like, and I would say that to friends who are non-smokers that are like, it doesn't seem like it to me. And I'm like, yeah, right. I'm in my own head about whether I'm allowed to do this because I got the teenage voice who's not the boss of me. Or maybe I really have my parents' voice talking to my teenage in my head. You know what I mean? I'm taking my parents' stance of like, well, you can't just smoke weed all day. It's like, actually, my job kind of allows it. Right. Like, actually, I followed what made me joyous and like I kind of figured it out. Yeah, I got to a point where I can smoke weed every day and do my job that I love and I don't suck at it. Wait. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. A million. And like, exactly. And like, yeah, I mean, million percent. And I think like living in a way where like you're attuned to yourself and like exactly those things where you need to make those parameters of like, okay. I, I, I'm starting, like you said, I'm noticing that I'm foregoing social events or like right. I'm noticing I'm nearly immune to this shit. I need to take a day off. That like, was the end of the pandemic. For, I was like, <laughs> you have to take time off edibles because I was just having like 150 milligram mocktails like every day and just just exactly. to like get kind of high. And I'm like, this is financially untenable. And also I would like to just feel that goofy 20 milligram edible high again but now i that's nothing to me so so i've been backing i've been doing that i've been titrating that down but you're right like that's and and why do you want to take a tea break so that you can come back and continue to enjoy it that's the thing it all comes from a love of the game and like by the way and like i also you know alcohol is a, to me like it's a much more dangerous substance and that is one that i sort of as i've gotten older i've really had to change my relationship with because I'm like, I can, I only feel comfortable consuming that in moderation. Like unlike weed where I can kind of like, feel like I can like let myself go. I had to develop a relationship with wine and with tequila where like, I really am just, like, I love the taste of wine. I fucking love wine tasting. Like if, oh, if you think weed goes well with coffee. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Give me a blunt and a red wine and a glass of red wine. Woo! I will be snoring in a couple hours, but I will be loving it along the way. Yeah, I'll be like like the bear on the sleepy tea that yes. box, just yeah. cozy <laughs> and happy. Yeah. Uh, and wait, t- this is so funny. I changed my relationship with alcohol early in the pandemic, which actually caused the shift in my relationship with cannabis as well. Uh mm. was that I was like, well, I need something. And like, that's the addict, the uh, substance user in me. And then when I switched to cannabis only in the pandemic, I was like, I'm going for two and a half hour walks. I'm coming back and having like Topo Chico with a dash of weed syrup in it. Before that, I was like free pouring bourbon and waking up with like diarrhea and like snoring and shit. And then I was like, oh, when I did this, I felt markedly better, but I wasn't like, missing alcohol when I was blasted, uh, getting fucking super stoned. I wasn't missing alcohol. So I was like, I've improved my life and I, I have, I've taken one thing out and r- increased the amount of the other thing. And my life has gotten better. Yes. Exactly. Uh, anyone listening to this, who's like a parent or a fucking neurosurgeon might be like, what the fuck? But <laughs> I know. this is the lane I chose for myself. And I chose it. I originally wanted this job because I didn't want to have to set an alarm in the morning. And that is sort of like extrapolate that out to like no drug tests, not a not somewhere to be every single day necessarily. Late nights, like minded individuals, no drug tests again. So like having that world for my career is like, well, then I've paved the way I of the world I want. Exactly. And by not having like shame around that, you're actually able to find something that is practically healthier. Yes. And it's improved my life. Uh, like period. Uh, the uh, elimination of alcohol and the addition of cannabis has improved my life. I probably can fuck with my relationship with cannabis and I might be numbing. Oh. some. I might be numbing yeah. something that I could like <laughs> d- dig deeper on, but we're all numbing something, baby. That's how I feel. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like, what, I, I do feel like it becomes this whack-a-mole thing. And like, for me also, like, I guess that kind of is how I got so into like, running and stuff like that too is realizing like oh I can get addicted also to healthy things and then that provides like a natural balance where it's like oh if I can have enough whack-a-moles none of them get too out of control if that makes sense 
Right, right. Yeah, no, I, I do follow. You just need to up your <laughs> whack-a-moles. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I also... I, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, and uh, while we're on this topic, like, alcohol was impeding other things I liked doing that cannabis wasn't impeding. Like, I was able yes. to exercise the next morning. Uh, uh, you know, I just needed to, like... Uh, have an extra coffee if I went too heavy on edibles and uh but I wasn't hung over I wasn't sick to my stomach I wasn't gaining insane amount of calories like uh, as a matter of fact like I remember when I quit drinking I was like man if I if I smoke weed every night and add 800 calories of food I'd still be consuming less calories than I was as of last week just from having like four bourbons and three beers every night or whatever uh it's like so much oh, more shit. fun yeah. And and activities that I enjoy, things things that I look for in life, hedonistic activities that I search out, video games, eating, uh uh the uh nature and the OG hedonism fucking, all mm-hmm. these things are even better with cannabis. And some That's of them the are more difficult with alcohol, especially if you're a 41-year-old overweight man. <laughs> Uh, the alcohol's not always helpful in that department. If you no, exactly. <laughs> Again, maybe in moderation. Not exactly. when you tip the yeah, exactly. And I mean, and that's the thing is like alcohol sort of naturally stopped being compatible with the other whack-a-moles. It's not that you had to be like, and and again, this is not to diminish. I have a lot of friends that have gotten completely sober and gone through twelve step and all that, but. Honestly, for me, per- I don't think something like that would work for me. I, for me, full sobriety. That, and honestly, I, I, when I realized that like alcohol was making me feel shitty, and again, exactly, pulling me away from exercise, which I love, being creative, which I love. Um, you know, I, those are probably like the two most important things in my well, life. Also, and- I, I would say mood for me too, which kind of affected exercise and, uh, um, creativity and. Uh, you know, interpersonal relationships was just being like a little crankier because I was half hung over uh, all the time or like uh, just waiting to get to the next round of booze. And and I feel so much more clarity and and I it's not impeding any of the things I love anymore. Exactly. And we're just able to enjoy ourselves, just do whatever we want to do. And we've adjusted our lifestyle outside of it so that we can do it's. I want to like pull a clip from this for my mom and just be like, this is my friend Tess. She runs <laughs> marathons and smokes weed. Okay. You can Thank do you. it. Yeah. I'm trying to preach it. By the way, Gabriel's also like, not to like toot my own, but like, I'm like a very productive person. Like, over COVID, I learned Spanish. I read all the time. I just watched like all of the episodes of Vanderpump Rules. You're I do. Caught up on VPR. <laughs> Super productive. <laughs> Schwartz knew the whole time. I know he did. Thank you. He was in on it. It, it was a decoy for the producers and Ariana, right? It had had to be. Had to yeah. be. Yeah. I mean, men are pigs, <laughs> and we're <laughs> we're good friends to each other, but we can be pigs. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, also, <laughs> look, everyone's a pig on VPR. To, to yes, it's fair. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Hunter S. Thompson was an LSD tripping maniac, uh, maybe made famous by playing Johnny Depp in the uh, movie Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas based on a Hunter book. The film got a lot of folks intrigued with psychedelics, myself included, but mostly just freaked them the bleep out. Take the opening line of the film, for example. There was a terrible roar all around us. and The sky was full of what looked like huge bats. Psychedelics, when abused, can be this. But when taken thoughtfully in small sub-hallucinogenic doses, precisely measured out by science-backed companies like Schedule 35, you experience the life-giving effects of psilocybin. Oh, man, you know I'm a fan of psilocybin. An, emergency movement, an emerging movement around psilocybin has proven to help with mental health, PTSD, anxiety, and depression. Schedule 35 ships all across Canada and U.S. and is the most notable brand currently in the space. All products come with guides that make microdosing easy to understand. So if you want to get in, get 15% off with code MIGHTY, M-I-G-H-T-Y, at Schedule35.co. 
That's 15% off at S-C-H-E-D-U-L-E-3-5.co and use code MIGHTY. Now, Tess, you, I can't believe we haven't had this conversation. I used to be able to be okay with Spanish because my best friend growing up, was his family was Cuban. Mm-hmm. So I spoke a little Spanish. Then I took Amazing. Spanish classes and, and picked it up kind of easy. Then I, you know, became a grown-up and never learned anything new again for years except for, like, job skills or whatever. Then about over the pandemic, I started taking, uh, I started my Duolingo Spanish up uh-uh. again, started getting a weekly Spanish tutor. Uh, shout out, shout out, Yoan, my uh, weekly Spanish tutor. We go on Zoom and uh, shout out, worked. Monica. Hey, and <laughs> I, it's something I've been really enjoying. Now, here's another facet of what we're talking about. And, and you're one of the only other people. I mean, there are a bunch of people like us out there, but this is so clear in front of us. We do things we enjoy even if there is a, a, a lot of effort involved. That's and that's like, I, that's exactly. a powerful, that's like a powerful capability. I, I forget who I said to someone. I, I was like, I started here. I also started taking martial arts in the park. Nice. Like, I, I missed da- doing martial arts as a kid. I, I like, like I said earlier, I like something that is goal oriented fitness. Like, to me, training for my uh, a rugby team, training for a race, tra- like that's the stuff that gives me drive as an ex athlete. I don't get pumped. I don't care. I obviously have looked the same for like twenty. Aesthetics aren't going to get me in the gym. My doctor saying, "Hey, let's get this heart- blood pressure under uh, check." That worked, and also yeah. the idea of doing better at things I'm enjoying. So, someone asked, "How do you like?" You just went and signed up and did martial arts in the park, and I said, "I have a couple of superpowers, and I'm going to roll in a couple of." personality traits of mine that are uh i think give me superpowers in these situations i don't have much shame i don't have much embarrassment so i can come in last at the marathon and not it doesn't affect me that's and i think it tied in with that shame i i i'm so okay with being the worst at something mm-hmm. and learning something so it allows me to go into these situations where I'll show up to a day of martial arts and be like, whatever, it'll work. for. I'll just try to do a half marathon. Like these things to me, I'm like, what's the worst? Thing? I have a thick skin, obviously, because of my career choices and my uh, personal life. I have like an, so I can walk into these moments and deal with the repercussions of it going badly. That doesn't scare me off. And like you on the other end of it, the reward of like, that was really daunting, but now I've been going to the park for four months and I can throw a punch again. And it's like, that feels fucking good, earning that. Like, and even if it's not physically hard, but it's mentally hard for you, or it has a lot of blocks of like, I'm not good with other people, or like, it's a long drive to the to Malibu where I want to run or whatever. But you make these efforts and to do things that you want to do, and it never feels like too much effort. That a million percent, a million billion percent, like it's that thing of like, it's in the same way that you can kind of like not have shame around like compulsions that maybe like your parents or society tells you are like bad or indulgent. I think once you start to like open your brain up to that, you start to recognize like, oh, I can compulsively and want to compulsively and enjoy the process of compulsively committing to this goal like I it's it doesn't feel like I'm and actually that's not true some days it does feel like I'm dragging myself but I've learned to even enjoy the process of dragging myself it's like it feels good like I feel so intellectually stimulated after a Spanish lesson that I'm like chasing that feeling it feels like I turned on new brain cells even though I'm 41 it's like oh wow yes I'm 41 as well babe holy shit (laughs) look at all this the parallels keep popping off. And yes, I in the pandemic, I was getting my walk, uh, getting my walks in, getting some fitness in. And I was like, I need some brain stimulation besides reading, which I also am an avid reader and audiobook listener. But I was like, I and I was like, I want to like learn. And I'm like, what would be a viable skill that would improve my life and things I like? I love to travel. I love the beach. I love surfing. Uh, Barcelona was my favorite city I've ever been to. All of a sudden, I'm like, 
Well, learning Spanish would improve my life in these in, in these areas. And it would, you know, they say as you get older and if you have parents that are still alive, like my mom's still alive and you see them losing a little bit of a step mentally, you're like, I need to get ahead of this and work on myself mentally. I can't become like fuzzy and not wanting to learn, keep the brain elastic and just putting it through. Sorry, I'm on a ramble here because I'm so thrilled. But jumping back to what you were saying about after you run that marathon and you're on the blunt in the hot tub in your Malibu Airbnb, you are not going to yourself, man, that one Tuesday when I didn't want to run, that was the worst day of my life. That's not what's on your mind. The day I had to drag myself, that sucked. Remember, I didn't want to wake up. and Or even if you're like, remember that day I blew off working out and I was mad at myself for four days? I blew off my training and I was so mad. After you complete the marathon, that's not in there anymore. The completion no. is in there. And that's the and that's what's the fuck that's the win. Well, and I think what's so powerful about that, in like the same way that like yeah, truly, like I feel like learning another language has I feel so invigorated by that process because I feel like I do feel my neurons changing by doing it. I feel that same way about a physical challenge like a marathon or a half marathon or something like that. Like it changes you mentally. And I think irreparably in such a crazy, valuable way, like it's applicable in so many other parts of your life. Like, like the, the, I can press myself so much harder as a writer because of the running that I've done. Now, here's my big lesson I learned from training for the marathon is, and for a lot of things in life is 13.1 miles seems insane. That seems like it's such a long, 26 miles, obviously twice as long, but 13 miles seems like such an insane run to do. But if you go back 26 weeks, a half a year and run a half mile on Saturday and then one mile the next Saturday and then 1.5 the Saturday after that and so forth and so on, on, if you start on January 1st, on June, uh, on July 1st, you're running a uh, a half marathon very easily now obviously there's other training that goes in but the idea of just and progressive overload in when i was a power lifter back in the day taught me this it's like squatting 405 pounds that's crazy i can only do 225 it's like well if tomorrow you could do two uh 235 or 230 235 the day after that and all of a sudden adding five pounds a week doesn't sound as daunting as lifting 400 pounds in 20 weeks. Running 13 miles in 13 weeks from today seems insane. Running one mile this Saturday is insanely doable. And like yes. those, this shit taught me that. And then you bring that to writing of like you're sitting looking at the blank page. You're like, I don't need to finish this today. I need to get some done today. And like the, exactly. you're, you're built... You learn that you learn that framework from undertaking these huge tasks of like, I'm not going to learn Spanish in one session, but every time you get a little better and talk about carrot and stick, getting a little better makes you want to get even better, too. You're like, oh, Oh, that's such a carrot. That's such a carrot. And And I think it's that beginner's mind, like you said, of like of understanding that it's going to be a process, because like once you run wait, the 13 miles, like you, you're not going to next time something seems daunting, beat yourself up for not being able to do it right off the bat because you know, it's a process. So you're not creating these like unrealistic expectations for yourself and you can go into it. Like there's such a confidence that can come, I think with the humility of being okay with sucking because it makes you really good at learning things. Cause you kind of know like, Oh, I can actually learn most things. I just have to be okay with sucking for a little bit. Right. And I, and it's funny, like, I didn't know that that was a good trait of mine until I met fellow adults who were like, I could never sign up for a dance class and be the worst person in it or whatever. And I, my whole life was just always down for teams and trying new things that I, it famously, I blew my wife away. Like when we first started dating that I was, she was like, oh yeah, I played high school volleyball. I'm like, oh, I played volleyball for, a, I've, I've done every organized sport for at least a season. Like. I've tried Amazing. everything over my over my entire life. I've played adult sports leagues. I've played I've been like I don't know how to play this. I'll join and and I like teamwork, I like camaraderie, I like new things. I keep constantly and obviously improv allows me to kind of play in that world like almost every time I step on stage. So all these things that are like important to me, I'm realizing weren't these aren't necessarily traits everybody has, which is like 
losing the having the humility to be like i don't care if I, everyone in the dance class is like what the fuck also no one ever is doing that every time i do something that seems new and impossible there's like the percentage of people who are like the arms folded black swan bullies are like five percent and there's another five percent that don't even give a fuck or don't even realize you're there and then the, the other 90 percent are just supportive especially in like these like not super competitive things that happen like as adults like when you go to martial arts class people are just excited that there's more bodies there they're just excited that like right. now there's 15 people in my class like now you know when you go to when you join an adult sports league you're just excited to have more bodies playing rugby or like yeah this person's like my old rugby team shout out to village lions we we were pretty good but our thing was if you come to us and want to play on the team, having even if you've played zero minutes in your entire life, we will teach you the game because we are excited that you want to be part of it. No one gets thrown away for lack of, they get thrown away for bad attitudes. That's the only thing that can get you kicked, uh, you know, bounced. So it's like bringing well, that energy into life lets that... you do almost anything you want, literally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I mean. Like it, it's true. It's beyond empowering. Like you, can, I mean, I learned how to skateboard when I was 30. Like I, there's yeah. so, and it makes me feel so young. Like I, I mean, because why should I? Oh, I want to go. I don't know how to skateboard, and I'm 30, so now I'm going to go through my whole life not knowing how to skateboard. No, I'll just suck it up and be a 30 year old who's learning how to skateboard. <laughs> and I just like, who fucking gives I, a shit? And it makes, I think it's really a way to like unglue yourself from the concept of age, because it's like, nah, dude, keep up the neuroelasticity, and you can just, dude, you, there's so much shit you can do. Also, there's something there's something powerful to it's a little nostalgic to walk into an environment where you don't know what you're doing because you don't as once you're once you're in your late 30s, that's not frequently happening. You're mm -hmm. not frequently like presented with some kind of object or task that you've never experienced before in your life. And you have to like w like when you go when you go like, oh, I'm going to learn to skateboard at 30 for like perfect example. I surfed from like 14 to early 20s. Then I moved to the city and got into comedy. And instead of surfing in the summer, I just wasn't sleeping and doing drinking and doing drugs and performing. Then moved to LA, say, I got to get back into surfing. Life is ahead of you. You're busy. You got all the shit you want to do. Like four years ago, I was like, what am I doing? I should take a surf lesson. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Let me get back into it. Get back into surfing. And then there's this like hit of nostalgia where you feel young because you're just doing a young person's thing. Not yeah. at all like anyone else that is young doing it out there. You might look completely different <laughs> on the skateboard. I might look completely different on the surfboard. I definitely don't even look like I did when I was 22 on the board. But it, there's something feeling about it where you're like, I can still do it. I can't believe for the last couple of years I was wondering if I could. And instead of like wondering if you can, just get out there and find out. Just literally do it. And I think like those kind of activities are things also, by the way, that you can do that make your life feel like really rich and stimulating. But in a lot of ways, you can find activities like that that don't cost a lot of money, but they're like very exciting. Dude, I, I, I swear I had no idea what this is what the topics would be. But like in my late 30s, I started in my late like after my 37th year, like uh, between a. Uh, I guess the pandemic was part of this too, of just like, shit, what if, you know, what if the world closes again and we don't get a chance to do all these things I want to do? In my late 30s, I got into camping, hallucinogens. I started swimming laps again. I was captain of my high school swim team. I started surfing. I got scuba certified. Yes. I started taking martial arts. And like, these are, that's, they're all over the place. All stuff that I kind of used to do or variations of when I was younger. Bringing it and Spanish class and bringing all that back up into like adulthood has made me feel, oh, I like this. I hated school. I hated learning. But now that I'm choosing things that I want to learn, I'm like, I got Spanish homework to do. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm going to smoke a joint and do my Spanish homework. It's like a dream come true. <laughs> exactly. And that's how I feel about reading, too. Like, I actually feel like they, a lot of the books that they assign to high school kids, like, should be taken off the list because I, I think it can, like, I was so turned off of, like, Herman Melville because I tried to read him in as a junior in high school, you know? And then I read Moby Dick, like, four years ago, and I was like, oh, my God, this is my new favorite book. 
And in no way could I have appreciated this book if I wasn't reading it for pleasure. Yeah, I, I just re- reread Of Mice and Men. Mm. And all I remembered from when I was a kid was that Curly wore a glove to keep his hands soft for his woman. Now, as a grown-up, <laughs> I'm picking up on some other themes that are... I mean, I'm still very intrigued by Curly's glove. But I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 my attention is... It, that, that's so true. I, I forget who I s- said this to the other... I feel like in high school reading... Every other book should be student's choice. And if you just get yes. if, the, if you get the kid to read a book, even if it is Ninjago novelization or like for me, I, I was a fantasy novel kid and I hated reading for school, but I was reading countless fantasy novels for fun. And if like a teacher just helped foster that, like that would be such that. that yes, a million. A- no, fostering like the idea of reading for pleasure. That stops. I feel like they do that when kids are like in elementary school and first getting into read. They let them read Captain Underpants or like whatever. A, a thousand percent. What should be important is fostering. I'm going to sound like so corny at saying this, but like that sort of like light that reading can turn on and the way that it can be. Yes, just like such a pleasurable. Exp- I feel like naughty if I'm reading a hardback in the middle of the day. Like it's very yes. pleasurable and it feels like a treat. And it's like, why do I feel like I'm doing something so naughty and other people are scrolling Twitter? I'm going on such a deeper level and getting something that's going to be so much more juicy and like meaningful than, and for than you any pers- other way. And for you, impor- importantly, most, most importantly for you personally, reading a book in the middle of the day feels better than scrolling. Or yes, feels better than playing exactly. uh, Candy Crush or whatever. For some other people, it might work the other way. But this is a richer thing for you that you're like, is this lazy of me to want to do? But no, I'm getting so much out of this. And like, I'm one of those people you'll hear from countless people. Oh, I can't read as much as I used to. And it's like, that's just, oh, I don't have as much time to read as much as I want. And it's like, you just got to do it. It's got to rip the fuck... When I was training for the half marathon, I listened to audiobooks every time I ran, and mm-hmm. I re-listened to uh, books I read as a kid. This uh, fantasy series, the Drizzt Dorden series, I listened to twenty-seven books while training for two half marathons of like Amazing. all these books I've already read. But I felt like this is like the video game anime guy in me. I'd come back from like a six-mile run and have also listened to six chapters or whatever, and I'd be like. I got mental fitness and physical fitness in one day. I'd feel like I was like fully gained a level and got like new hit points or whatever. Yes. It feels like you like went through like a laser cleaning system and you've been optimized or something. Yes, yeah. Yes. I, I'm primarily a run to music person. Like I, and I love, like I was a raver, you know, I like just bullshit trance. I feel uh, to me like a sativa vape, some bullshit trance and a long run at the beach is heaven right jesus christ i brought a tear to my eye heaven that sounds fucking awesome and i don't like running and that sounds awesome (laughs) that's the thing it doesn't feel like a short like but it's about like optimizing like realizing oh i can make this even more pleasurable for myself in this way i can make this playlist or go to this awesome place to run and i can like really maximize how fun this is going to be and like, yeah, I was getting, when I was, last time I was training for a marathon, I did listen to Harry Potter book three on some of my run. I, I listened to the whole thing, but I would, sl- and then, then I would look forward to my Harry Potter runs. Cause then that was something special. It was like, oh, it's a Harry Potter run. And yes, like fantasy YA when you're running, it felt like I was just like watching a movie. Right. While and I it's was not, co- especially like something YA is like not super complex. Yeah, so you yeah, can kind of exactly. pant, pant while you listen to it or whatever is going on, like, <sighs> and and for me, I, I don't need any motivational pace. I'm I'm barely moving as I, you yeah. know my pace is so slow, so it doesn't fucking matter. So just listening to the book while I did it was such, and what we're discussing is all these things that like get these accoutrements that we do, and it's not you're like oh I don't love. Even if you don't love running, you're like, I like being outside. I like being by the beach. I like sativa. I like trance music. And it's like, on this day, running is, you know, is not a swipe right or whatever. I don't, I've never been on a dating app, so I don't know. But like (laughs) the bad swipe. Uh, I don't feel like running today, but I do feel like hitting the pen, listening to some Harry Potter and being at the beach. It's like, well, fuck it. I might as well run three miles while I'm there. I might as well do five. Both half marathons I did after I got to mile 10, after my Nike plus tracker went, 10 miles pace average 12 minutes 15 so whatever it was i'd be like i'd have 20 milligrams of edibles in my little uh water belt and be like 
last 5K I get to be high for. And yes. I just be like, do, 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 do. Like jogging down the Vegas strip at night with all the lights oh. on, on fucking 20 milligrams of uh, THC and CBD. I fucking crossed the finish line. I was a goddamn hero. And I was like, you know, 800th out of 900 people. And I was like fucking into it. What also, an amazing life experience. Like, that's the thing. Like, why would you, you only live once? Why would you not want to do that? Exactly. It's like, oh, and if the if the way the way to get on the strip and walk down the middle of the strip at night is to train for a little while and get up to the ability to run 13 miles, then, brother, that's fucking what I got to do. Let's do it. Then so be it. I'm going to run that one now. You're inspiring oh, me. Highly recommend. That reco. sounds really I, fun. I think the full marathon version of it kind of takes you off the strip, obviously, for like a big loop of some miles. But the half marathon of it, like you run from like you run down to one end of the strip, turn around, run all the way down, run through old Vegas, gets a little sketchy. And then the finish line is like you're jogging down all the lights. It's the only time each year that they close the strip, like that no cars are allowed on the strip. And it's like it's worth it for that. And it's the rock and roll half. So there's like bands like every two miles too so like the vibe the vibe is right and if you like part of the fun of running these races is like the supportive environment and the people who are like spectator-esque or the people who volunteer the vegas vibe is really fucking fun people are like bombed and screaming at you and shit like it it's like that sounds and it, amazing and the juxtaposition of doing a huge physical endeavor in the city of sin is also appealing and the next day Spa day, Momofuku meal, uh, weed on the balcony. Like you, you want to talk about earning some fun? Being in Vegas for two days after you run is quite the delight. <laughs> okay, sold. All right, sold. Sign I me might up. Just, I might have just accidentally talked myself into doing it. Shit. Let's yeah. run it. I'll run it with and, you. I'm serious. And no, and no hills. Obviously. And, oh, please. I'm completely in. flat. Please, race. Yeah. please. Yeah. I. The most fun you want to talk about, like pre and post party. My best race ever was the Rome Marathon. Whoa, say less. That sounds <laughs> fucking awesome. Yeah, the eating. I mean, can you imagine? Like, obviously, it's so fun to carbo load. That's obviously so awesome always. But, like, can you imagine having that meal also be in Rome, like a fresh pasta dish in Rome? And then afterwards, I ran it on my birthday my husband, boyfriend at the time was there, my best friend and my mom. And after, and it started and finished at the Coliseum. Oh. So there's no boring, like the, I had tears in my eyes the entire time because I'm running through these piazzas in fucking St. Peter's Square, literal heaven on earth. Then that day, I just drank like the best Italian wine and just feasted on perfect Italian food and smoked hookah on a rooftop and it's like yeah that's what oh, life is about that's <laughs> awesome you just fucking sold me honestly physical feet tourism is like a very like enjoy like you want to talk about quote unquote earning it getting to do whatever you want there's something very special about choosing to go like getting scuba certified with the idea of like i'm gonna dive the barrier reef getting uh learning spanish to be like i'm gonna go uh, go to surf camp in Costa Rica or yes. learning surfing to be like, I'm going to go surf camp in blank uh, uh, running so that you can do the Rome marathon or the Vegas half or so, uh, a triathlon uh, in Hawaii. And, and so you could see other facets of the world. Something that's important to me and my like love of is, you know, a lot of, a lot of my shit is like, have I not done it before? Then I want to do it. There's like a, a big part of my percent. brain. That's like, I'm a box checker. It's like, I got to try that. Oh, shit, I've never done that. Percent. Yeah. Like, oh, and, like, I feel like it's, like, people who love travel, obviously, I love travel, too. I feel like similar personalities. Like, and it, it's, like, when you can travel with, like, that kind of, uh, with, with some kind of a physical thing or some kind of a goal like that, it's almost like, oh, I'm, it's like they're running with an audiobook. It's, like, I'm doing this thing that already turns me on intellectually and spiritually and, like, but I'm doing it with my aperture, like, super open because I'm also doing this other cool thing. Right, right. And it's, like, uh, oh, I'm not thrilled to run, but I am stoked to go to like, you know, you'll be able to keep your fucking juices flowing the whole time because you're like, oh, I'm not feeling like running. It's like, but you're going to Rome, keep training or it's like, oh, man, I, I, I don't know. I, work is so busy. I Can I go to Rome? It's like, yeah, dude, you've been training for this half marathon. You got to get out there and get it done. Uh, it's fucking rules, Tess. I'm amped now. I Let's find some weird. I'm going to like 
definitely consider that Malibu try, but I'm assuming it's coming up soon. <laughs> I mean, there's always next year. I know I've been thinking about tries too. What holds me back on tries is the biking. Cause I never have been much of a biker and I'm like, can I both fall in love with it and like do it competitively in one event? But you know what? Yeah, you're right. What did we just talk about? I'll try it. Yes, dude. <laughs> but biking is my big limitation too. I mean, obviously. And then the idea of like, any back-to-back training of like training swim into bike or bike into run seems kind of like uh, restrictive by time. But if you do the short distance one, that that's like a 5k or 10k at the end, it's like a thousand, it's like a thousand or 2000 meter swim, 12 to 15 mile bike ride. And then like a three to six mile run. That sounds hard, but under five hours uh, at with light, you know what I mean? It's not like a fucking, ordeal so might it's be doable yeah it's like another half marathon like it'll push you it'll be like this new crazy thing and like it, you'll right now because we haven't done it it's like how could you possibly but it's possible <laughs> also can i give you a tip because my favorite place to run is the rose bowl and i always thought if i do a try that's the perfect place to train because you can bike run and swim all in one place and the pool has showers Whoa, okay. I like the sound of that. I usually swim here at rooftop setup. Uh don't tell anyone. I don't want to I don't want anyone else showing up there. Bleep that, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> but uh shit, Tess. I might I might I'm like <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> I'm not gonna not talk you into it, Gabriel. <laughs> I know, I know, I understand that. I understand that. <laughs> I mean, fucking ma- I mean just, I think you book it and then how fun because then midway through you get to start looking at Airbnbs. Yes. I get to maybe buy a bike at some point too. Mm-hmm. Like, or at least I like do some pedaling and some Peloton classes for a little bit, get some, get fucking beefed up there. Shit, dude. Shit, Tess. I'm stressed. Yeah. Any <laughs> excuse? I'm the opposite of that Oscar Wilde quote like, avoid all enterprises that require new clothes. I'm like, go towards all enterprises that require new gear. Oh, me and my brother, uh, my youngest brother is a big uh, meathead. We're both uh, gym rats and we'll always be like, I'll be like, dude, I'm in the dumps, man. I'm not feeling it. He's like, you got to buy a new T-shirt, new supplement or new sneakers. Any one of those will get you going. And I'm like, he's right. You buy like new uh, uh, running shoes or training sneakers or something. You're like, fuck, yeah, let's get out there now, dude. (laughs) Like, Oh, yeah. I feel like the new sneaks lever is the one that you wait and pull for when you really need it. Like when you're really dragging ass, you're like, all right, new sneaks. Yeah, like that's like up oh, big purchase, but this will inspire me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Let me uh, do a spa day to recover, and that'll be like a, a another carrot or whatever. Exactly. Um, oh, here we go. The classic distances. I just looked it up. I'm fucking going crazy. <laughs> Half mile swim, seventeen mile bike, four mile run. I don't. I think that's completely doable. That's so doable. Yeah. It's so doable. I mean, I think yeah. I could. I think I can. It'll hurt like fuck. I think I could go right now and do a half mile swim into a four mile run. I think I could do it. It would be I brutal. It look pretty gross and I'll probably be hurt after. But I think I could handle that. The 17 mile bike ride in the middle. But if I do this, I'll treat the 17 mile bike ride in the middle like a sightseeing tour of Malibu. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and I'm like, I mean, I'm sure they're like Malibu does have rolling hills. So there is going to be that. But like, yeah. is the biking last? No, it's it's uh, it's swim, bike, run. Oh, because I feel like ah shit. Because I was thinking biking will feel easier than running. It, I think it will. I a lot of people talk about the transition from pedaling into running is like very. That's something like you you need to teach your body a little bit because like, I bet that goes from like one different stress on your knees, hammies, and quads and feet to a whole nother one. But it is back to back and kind of you know, I I think they call. I, when I was a lifeguard at the beach, a lot of my coworkers did triathlons, and I think they called them bricks when you did like a swim directly into a run or a run directly, a, a swim directly into a bike or a bike directly into a uh, a run. That, those were called bricks where you're like c- practicing f- doing that back to back on your body, which I think I is- wonder if is it called that because that's what your legs feel like? Potentially, yes. That might make sense. <laughs> like I'm about to brick these fucking quads out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever tried uh by the way are you what's your what sign are you I'm are you a fire sign 
Aquarius. Oh, water. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. I don't know much. Of, I don't know much about that uh, stuff. I just know that what I am. Okay. Uh, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I guess because I'm a girl, like I've always associated a lot of this with having a fire sign, which is why I was asking. But oh, curious. what I really yeah. wanted to, my other recent like physical obsession is uh, stand-up paddleboarding. Have you tried that? Uh, no. I have tried one time in Hawaii, but the stand-up paddleboard wasn't like big enough for me. And it ended up mm. being like a little too uh, sinky and I had to switch to a kayak. But sup, mm. that shit is fun. Go down to like the marina that you can go right off the dock there. You can like rent and just go right out like and it works like that's it, It's pretty fucking rad. It's amazing. It's been my I've, I've been kind of addicted to it for like the last year. Now, every time I have to go to West L.A. for any reason, I go paddleboarding. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Good for you. That's fun as it's hell. Great. Yeah. But like if you can surf, honestly, I came to paddleboarding because like I tried to learn how to surf for like two years and I, it never took with me. Yeah, I have just like oh, I have it in my bones from a few years of doing it way back in the day. So I'm jealous like, on my first day back. I stood up, but I will say the limiting factor for me right now is fitness. And like I'll go, I'll, I'll catch a wave and then paddle back out and I'll be like to the coach that I was training with. I was like, I can't catch a wave for another like five or six minutes, bro. I <laughs> yeah, like I'm gassed. My shoulders are on fire. Another reason to train so I could do the activities I like easier. I like. Hike. Exactly. Oh man, wait, Tess. I've been wanting to hike more. I've been wanting to try trail running. That feels like good training for the. Uh, it is. Oh, okay, okay. It is. Oh. It is. Right. And yeah. another thing, I'll do when I'm training for like the hiking stuff. Like I'll quote unquote like cheat and like sub in a training day with like a cross training day, like a hike or something like that. And then you yeah. feel like oh, I'm being bad because <laughs> I'm still doing hiking exactly instead what of running. Your <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fucking <laughs> awesome. Um. Holy shit. Yeah. I I was stoked to talk to you for a lot of reasons, but I didn't think I was going to leave this conversation extra motivated to take on a weird fucking task. But I'm I'm stoked to do to all this talk, all this bragging about my interesting, my personality allows me to do this cool shit. And all of a sudden I'm like, by the end of it, I'm like, well, put your money where your fucking mouth is, dude. Let's do it. Do it. I know. This what's your so next? Fun. What's your next feat that so you fun. got lined up? Do you have a race? Are you committed to anything or do you have uh, circling any ideas? Um, the thing I'm sort of like flirting with right now is the ho the Honolulu Fool in December. Girl, that is a beautiful plan. What an excuse right? to get your ass to Hawaii too. Hell, that's how I feel. Yeah, I know. The only like I will say like last time I ran a full, but this has been my experience every time running a full. I was like, I was like, don't. I'm serious. Never do this again. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> you're telling me. I said that on my second half and I haven't done it again. I haven't even done a 5k since. Yeah. So I don't, but like, obviously I'm, I, yeah, I think I, I, I think I will end up doing it. Cause like if you have to run 26.2 miles to do it on in Waikiki at sunrise, yeah. there's worse, there's worse places to run uh 26 miles for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tess, thank you so much for coming on high and mighty. Uh, now is the portion where we, uh, besides, uh, waiting at the finish line for you in December at the Honolulu uh, full. <laughs> Where else can people find you, listen to you? What do you got going on? I mean, uh, let let the meatheads know. Let the mouth breathers know. Yeah, um, you can find my comedy podcast, Lady to Lady, wherever you get your podcasts. I also have mm -hmm. a podcast called Toxic, the Britney Spears story, which is a limited run docuseries about um, a bunch of investigative journalism that I did around the Britney Spears case. Oh, and if... And if anyone listening to this isn't familiar with uh, the, the podcast, you guys helped shine the light on all the fucking conservatorship that was going on with Britain. You guys kind of kicked off a dialogue that ended up fucking making positive change for a person. That's fucking rad. <laughs> it was pretty crazy. Yeah. And yeah, I'm really proud of, of that podcast. It was a very exhausting, crazy process and a crazy story. But yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, I do. I post. I do stand up. Uh, you can find my shows and stuff on my social is Testify Barker on everything. That's Tess with two S's. Hell fucking yeah. Your your socials will be uh, tagged and all this shit. As always, guys, I'm Gabris uh, on. Uh, you can check out Action Boys, my other podcast about action movies. Uh, it's a Patreon podcast. But we got some free episodes out there. And check out 101 Places to Party Before You Die, now on something called Max. Uh, so check out Max and watch 101 Places to Party Before You Die. Bye, shitheads! 
That was a HeadGum Podcast. In a part of the world where there are no rules. Holy shit. Holy shit, guys. Holy I'm so pumped. I definitely have not watched this since I rented it on VHS in 92. Strangers united by the threat of death. We got all the fucking major players. Seagal. Vladimir Putin is a good man. Arnold. Here, come. Give it to me. I need you to cream pie me now. Stallone. People are loving this movie. <laughs> it's got a lot of heart. Immensely irregular. Now, somewhere... Somehow, someone's going to pay. I would fucking love for my wife to, like, see me rip a guy's throat out. But they didn't count on one thing. This movie's fucking insane. (laughs) It's how you know it's a good movie. You have to do almost all the work yourself to figure it out. Well, there's a fantasy component. There's some sword fighting. There's some lightning. Bam. 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 There's a new game in town. You wake up after a few years, and then you don't even know who you are anymore. We're going to be making Terminators. <laughs> We're going to make a really great deal with the Xenomorphs. What? I don't hate them, but I've been in a room <laughs> Yes, I understand. This is now the 20th ending of the movie. I am dark. I'm your dad. <laughs> Action, boys. Boys will be boys. Subscribe here for bonus content and more free stuff from behind the paywall. To get new episodes, become a patron at actionboys.biz. Do it. Do it. Come on. Do it now.